It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are joined by Irish Chaffel of warchant.com. He's the managing editor. You want to know what? What's going on in FSU athletics? That's what you subscribe to. It is warchant.com. Ira, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Preston. How are you? I'm sad. My my seminal flag is flying at half staff over the men's basketball team season ending so quickly. Ira, I said earlier in the program, great programs never have something like this happen. They just don't. Um, the good programs occasionally have it happen. I think FSU has had a very good basketball program under Leonard Hamilton, but what in the world happened? I mean, I think it's a perfect storm. Uh, you know, there were some bad decisions in terms of uh, roster management. Uh, I think there were some, and I can go into some of the details, but uh, you also lost some some key assistant coaches that, that certainly hurt. Dennis Gates and Charlton Young left. They're now in Missouri. I think that hurts. Um, and then, you know, then they had some really bad luck. Um, I think they, you know, again, Leonard Hamilton, I think made some poor decisions when it came to constructing his roster, but then he had a couple of really big injuries and, and then, you know, they just fell apart. He has mentioned in reporting that you guys have done at war chant, among other things, not really paying attention to the transfer portal as much as he should have. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, he they have gotten a couple of transfers. You know, coming coming into the season, they brought in a transfer. Uh, well, obviously, you know, the, their top shooter this year, Darren Green Jr., was at UCF, so they brought him in. And they also brought in a kid named Jalen Ganey from Brown. He was the uh, two-time defensive player of the year in the Ivy League. Really nice player. Um, and he was supposed to be their shot blocker, top rebounder. Well, he tore his ACL during, before the season. So, you know, he has said that, and I, and I, and he – He's right to an extent that you know he he could have gone more into it, but it's not like he didn't do anything. They did get those two. They got Caleb Mills before that. They got uh, uh, Cam Fletcher before that from Kentucky. So they have gotten some transfers. Um, but I think his point is, and and this is where I definitely agree with him. You, know, you some teams went out and got four or five or six transfers, and you know last year, uh, you know he signed a class with six freshmen, and I think that's where that was the mistake. You know when 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 you, know, you lost Anthony Polite from last year, Malik Osborne from last year. You lost some of the older guys who, who you thought might come back. He stuck with those six freshmen, and I'm not saying he should have cut them loose, but but I think that's where that that was a big mistake because you end up having to count on so many of these freshmen. Two observations from the outside that I hear frequently, but first, I would fall into the camp of those that think Leonard Hamilton has earned the opportunity to get this thing turned around. Uh, would you agree or disagree? I would, but I, you know, a part of it would be the conversation about what's going to be different. You know, I mean, it, and it, and if he the, he has expressed to a few of us that cover the team that he does plan to go out and go heavy in the transfer portal and bring in at least three or four transfers and really change the roster. And then if you get back, Cam uh, Jalen Ganey, I think he was a big piece, the the, the shot blocker. If you get him back, uh, if some of these guys. That, that were really good contributors on this team. If they stay, 
then okay, let's 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 talk about making it work. But um, you know, if if it were to be a situation where he just wanted to kind of just let these young guys get older, uh, I wouldn't be real excited about that proposition. But no, I, I I think you know if I was the AD and Leonard Hamilton's committed to to making some changes, uh, yeah, for sure, I would give him another year. Last observation on FSU basketball. It is college basketball is a guard driven game. It is not even debatable. FSU under Coach Hamilton, in my opinion, has always struggled finding a point guard. You could argue the best point guard he's had was Trent Forrest, and he wasn't a point guard. He just made himself one. Why do they struggle finding point guards, Ira? Uh, you know, I think it's it's a combination of things, but but you know, when they had it going really well, these last you know that that four or five year stretch here, uh, you know they they kind of went away completely away from position. You know they really had no point guard, and and so um, you know I think it it and it worked to the sense of you had a lot of versatility. You had a bunch of different guys who um, who could you know handle that position, and uh, I think he likes that versatility. He likes the idea that you you could have different guys uh, initiate the offense. Um, but listen, you said Trent Forrest wasn't really a point guard, but the reality is he, that was the best run they've ever had is when mm-hmm. Trent Forrest was running the point. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a philosophical thing. I'm not saying I agree with it, but they did have success when they had really good players. And that's, you know, kind of the other thing. A lot of people complain about the defensive system and I, and I agree the defensive system has not worked this year, but I also feel like if you have better players, uh, it works fine, and and to me, it all comes down to overall the roster uh, in general. Irish Chappelle with us from WarChant.com. Back with more. Morning show with Preston Scott. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. On WFLA. Talking FSU Athletics with Irish Chaffel, managing editor at Warchant.com. Just finished talking FSU men's basketball. Um, I guess the good news is in her first season as head coach, uh, Brooke Wyckoff has got the ladies in the tournament, it would seem. Um, any indication on whether Tania Latson is going to be healthy and ready to go in the tournament? You know, I haven't heard definitively. I heard some promising whispers. It sounded good uh, that there's a good chance she'll be back, but I haven't heard anything definitively. But yeah, obviously, uh, if she plays, they're a really tough team. If she doesn't, they're susceptible for sure. Uh, Brooke has done a very nice job in her first season. Yeah, she has, and you know, I think that that one year she had where the team, you know, she had the year, the interim year where during COVID. Um, you know, that was a tough season for her. They did, they weren't as successful as they had been the years past. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there, there were times I felt like, okay, you know, this is, this is a big jump for her to be a head coach. She's never been a head coach before, but, uh, I think that was good. It was a great opportunity for her in hindsight. And I think it really prepared her because she seemed much more in control of this situation than she was during that interim position. Transitioning to baseball link Jarrett's start is, it's a pretty good start at FSU, what do you suspect he's learning in these games before they start their ACC schedule against Pitt? Um, is he kind of messing around with the rotation before he really settles on what it's going to be? A little bit, but I really think his his biggest thing is he's just trying to evaluate everything about every player. You know, he's trying to find out who can really compete 
uh, who handles situations well, who can throw what pitches and what situations. Uh, you know, Link Jarrett is, I mean, and I've only covered him now for, I guess, eight months he's been here and really day to day since the season started. Um, but he's as intentional uh, and, and, and focused on the, the mental approach and the emotional approach of players as any coach I've ever been around. I mean, you could just tell he, um, it's not just, hey, let's let these guys throw out the balls and let these guys go play. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's evaluating so much of that part of it beyond just the physical ability. Um, so I think you're going to see them get better and better. I think he's making decisions consi- con- continually. And, uh, you know, I think there's probably a ceiling on how good this team can be because there's some limitations. Uh, but I really like what he's doing. And I think he's, he's, it is an evaluation where they're going to get better as the year goes on. What is a realistic expectation for baseball fans? That it, because fair or unfair, they see Link Jarrett's success at other schools with arguably, you know, well, really not arguably, with, with less talent and, right. uh, and inferior facilities. But they see his success, but they also see his connection to 11 and Mike Martin Sr., and they kind of just think 40 wins and the postseason are a guarantee. What are your thoughts? I think over the long term, I think the ceiling is unlimited. I mean, I, I think they can be – I think he's going to have this be, as one of the top few, very few programs in the country again uh, pretty soon. Um, but, but this year is going to be a challenge. I mean, he inherited a roster. He did not recruit these players. He did not um, – any of them really. Maybe a one or two of the transfers. Uh, but but he, he kept that freshman class that the previous coaching staff signed. He's got some a lot of returning players. And, uh, you know, there's some, again, like there's some limitations. They don't have a lot of arms. He said this is the fewest number of uh, pitchers, uh, quality pitchers that he can rely on that he's had probably in at least five years as a coach. Oh, wow. uh, and that goes back to his time at UNC Greensboro. Um, you know, he the, there's a lot of defensive issues on this team. And, and, you know, and again, I don't think that's a matter of not coaching it right. Sometimes you don't have the best possible players. And so now he's in that tough spot right now where he's, doing everything he can to build these guys up and give them confidence, I think, while also knowing that he needs to get some better players. So I think this year, I think they'll get to an NCAA tournament. I think they'll get a lot out of this team. Um, but but I think you're going to see in a couple of years that this is going to be a, a great program. Irish fell with us for one more segment. We're going to switch gears, talk FSU football next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. He's the managing editor at Warchamp.com, which is your go-to if you want to know what's going on with FSU athletics. And I'm talking big-time intel on football, recruiting, who's interested, who's visiting, where is FSU on the list of this DB and that wide receiver. And he's Ira Schaffel, the managing editor. Ira, before we get to the spring practices, which are now underway, Give us just kind of the thumbnail overview of Mike Norvell's extension and the importance of it. Uh, yeah, they so they extended him out to 2029, so it's basically six more years. And uh, by the end of it, uh, he'll be making well over $8 million, and the average of it is going to be uh, just over $8 million a year. And the significance there is you know, he was only making about $5 million a year, $4.5, $5 million a year. And, you know, Mario Cristobal at Miami was making $8 million a year. Uh, Billy Napier of Florida, both of whom were hired after him, were, was making $7 million a year. 
So now after that successful season and what they've got in place with the transfer portal and what this team should be this year, they uh, he's now the highest paid coach in the state and he's got a contract through uh, 2029 and we all should have been football coaches. <laughs> Yeah, when you said he was only making five, five and a half mil, a bunch of people out there just kind of groaned and sighed. (laughs) Tell me this, has he he created a bit of his own problem by being such a beast with the transfer portal? Is he now somewhat tied to that more than he wants to be? Uh, No, I mean, I think long term, it's not necessarily probably what you want to be. Um, but man, you know, I think, you know, the last two years, it was totally out of desperation. I think this year, if they didn't have so many, um, such high aspirations by the, based on how the season finished and all the guys that are returning, maybe he doesn't get quite so aggressive in the transfer portal this time. Um, but I think they looked at the end of last season and said, man, we're a lot closer than we probably thought we would be in year two or, you know, in our second real year, if you don't really count 2020, the COVID season. And uh, and I think they said, well, you know, shoot, man, if we can fill these few holes and get elite players, we might be a team that really can get in the college football playoffs. So they, they went out and got – I mean, the guys that got in the portal this year are a different kind of level than most of the guys they got the last couple of years. You know, Johnny Wilson and Trey Benson and, you know, a lot of those guys, Jared Verse was an FCS player. There were a lot of question marks about a lot of those guys. The guys they brought in this time, and they brought in all-ACC cornerback – um, an All-America candidate, defensive tackle. I mean, they got some really <laughs> big pieces to add to this team. Is there any way that Norvell, through spring practice, looks at the guys that said, I'm coming back, coach, that are their stars, they just are, yeah. and says, okay, cool, you're going to stay in the conditioning room and be on the field a little bit, but we're not taking chances. I mean, does he hold them back at all? Does Jordan Travis do any contact drills? Uh, no, they're, they're, they rarely ever have the quarterbacks do contact anyway. Um, I mean, it's, it's occasionally somebody will get up on them, but um, no, I think you'll, they'll be pretty careful. And, and really, they'll, even last season, the running backs, the top running backs, they kept in non-contact jerseys for most of the year. Um, you know, he's pretty careful with those guys. You know, Jared Verse will get full, full contact and, and a few of the other guys, Johnny Wilson. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, there's a fine balance there. You know, you don't want to be silly and put somebody in harm's way, but you also have to play contact because you, you're going to have to face contact during the season. So I think it'll be limited some, um, but but it won't be totally. Mike Norvell seems to have gotten himself quite a bit of currency to play with. Is he using that? And are, are you sensing a difference in the early spring practices from previous years because he's now earned the trust they know that if they do what he's asking them to do, what the coaches are asking them to do, they're going to be successful. One hundred percent, one thousand percent. I mean, it, you know, the thing is, even last year, I thought the attitudes of, of the guys was really good mm-hmm. going into camp. And, and a lot of times, if you're a good coach, if you've got that ability to, to lead, those guys are going to buy in, especially early in the season. But you have to have some success at some point. So when they started losing in the middle of the year, I think, you know, you probably had some guys starting to question some things. But then the way they finished the year with the big, you know, win streak and some of the teams they bit, uh, they beat, those kids are all in. And that's the thing I've found, you know, again, I go back to Jimbo Fisher here was 2012 when they lost the NC State and Florida games. There were guys on that team who, who were starting to wonder about Jimbo and whether or not he could get it done. Well, you talk to those guys after the 2013 season, 
and they have 100% confidence in, in Jimbo Fisher. So it really, players are very results-driven, and you know, and, and so Mike Norvell has those results, and yeah, those kids completely believe in it. All right, last thing, real quick answer. Next season, looking at the schedule, taking everything into account, good, great, special, or very special season? Uh, I think it's going to be at least a great season and probably a special season. I don't know that they could win a national title, but I definitely, I, I'm, I'm going to pick them to win the ACC, and I, and I think there's, they've got a great chance of making the college football playoff. So I'd say good to special for sure. Awesome. Ira, thanks for the time. Thanks a lot. All right, Ira Chappell with us from Warchant.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.